1: There is really, I mean, there's no other way to get to zero. So if you want to lead a zero carbon lifestyle, you, you currently can't with the technologies that are out there. Carbon offsetting is, is the only way we currently have
0: to get to zero
1: for, for anybody.
0: Why does carbon offsetting sometimes have a negative reputation for just being a band-aid solution to our emissions? And how does the word itself, carbon offsetting, limit our perception of what these projects are actually about? How can we pick apart carbon offsetting projects that actually do the work they say they do and effectively offset the tons of emissions they say they do with the ones that maybe are a little more shady and inaccurate in their calculations? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. If you're not already signed up to our weekly newsletter with highlights from the podcast, you can do so at greendreamer.com. By doing so, you'll also be automatically entered uh, to win our monthly giveaways. I'll share more information on our upcoming giveaway in the next email. So don't miss out greendreamer.com to sign up. And now to our episode. Let's dive in. Our guest today is the CEO of Cool Effect, which is a nonprofit focused on supporting credible and thoroughly vetted carbon offsetting projects around the world. She's relentless in her pursuit of solutions, often traveling the globe to personally inspect the science behind projects that mitigate greenhouse gases. I was really excited to learn from her because in addition to her expertise on climate change and carbon pollution, she has a really diverse background, including in international business, finance, investment banking, nonprofit management, and strategy consulting. I think some of our best ideas and insights often come from people who've been immersed in very different fields because then they're able to combine these experiences to have very unique perspectives and ideas. So without further ado... Green Dreamer starting with what inspired her passion for the environment. Here's Marissa De Bello. So
1: I have been very passionate about human rights my whole life and um, even despite working mostly in the for-profit sector I always found a way to either volunteer my time or to donate or to serve on a board and work on various human rights issues and finally in my career a couple of years ago. a few more than a couple of years ago now, I was able to uh, make the leap and work full-time at a human rights organization. It was an anti-slavery organization called Made in the Free World that works on uh, helping companies get slavery out of their supply chain Um, and worked there for a little while and basically came to understand, and it's a great organization, but came to understand that really all the issues that I cared about in human rights, including slavery, but a whole host of others, were going to be negatively and horribly impacted by climate change. And that climate change is really the issue of our time. And until we solve that, we really, you know, the other solutions that we might be uh, looking for in the human rights arena are, uh, you know, mostly band-aids because we can solve things or help people now. But, you know, the disaster that's coming is unprecedented in the scale of human history. So I thought, look, this is what I need to do if I really care about human rights. And so that got me into climate change.
0: Yeah. So climate change is something you realize that connects a lot of different issues that we have today.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, climate change is the root. I mean, I don't care what you care about. (laughs) I think
0: there's, you know, whatever it
1: is, health, human rights, environmental justice, social justice, um, you know, various different countries, everything is going to be negatively impacted by climate change.
0: Yeah. Was there something specific you learned that led you to have this light bulb moment? I think it was just really coming to dig
1: into climate change. I've always been concerned about the environment. I've always tried to live sustainably on a personal level, but never really was my top issue. And I think this is interesting because it's it's... A question that we've had to deal with the cool effect as well because it's not really it doesn't always come to the top for a lot of other people either. Everybody, well at least most people care about it, but uh, a lot of people don't take the time to really dive in depth of what is climate change, what's coming, what's happening. And I understand why, and there's actually some pretty good social science behind why it's a very big, very scary problem. Uh, it's not, you know, we're seeing the effects now, but the real, the really bad stuff is coming in the future. So it seems a little bit abstract to people. And, you know, I would say I was, I was no different. Um, but what really changed things for me was just learning a little bit more about exactly what climate change looks like, both in what we're seeing today, you know, the storms and the droughts and the wildfires but also where we're headed. And it's, you know, it's very scary and it's very motivating to, to take action.
0: Yeah, I kind of compare climate change to chronic disease for humans. Like you kind of have to do things on a daily basis to prevent it and you may not feel the symptoms right away, but by the time you feel a lot of the symptoms, it might be too late.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I always liken it to dieting. You know, you get this advice from your doctor, hey, I'm, you know, you really should lose 10 pounds. Here's what you need to do. Stop eating so many donuts. Exercise some more. And everybody kind of knows that that's what you have to do. And nobody really does it. Because yeah. The too good, but um, but it's a little bit the same thing, you know. There's we all need to be greening our lifestyles, and we all need to be doing more to to take action to fight climate change. For sure.
0: So I want to dive a little bit more into that later, but for now, I'd love to learn about what Cool Effect does, how it works, and how it's different from other uh, carbon offsetting projects. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So Cool Effect was set up. We're a nonprofit, and we were set up to shine a light on the highest quality projects, carbon projects out there, and to do this in an incredibly transparent way. Um, we have a team of researchers that finds only the best carbon offset projects around the globe. And I'll say carbon offset and carbon creditor are interchangeable for, for our purposes right now. Um, and we bring these projects to the platform. We re verify all the science. We do something that, to my knowledge, nobody else does today in the world, which is we do what I would call for profit due diligence on all of these projects. So we understand who the management is, where the, what the financial model looks like, where the funding's going, all of these questions that you would do if you were you know, trying to start a business or trying to you know, acquire or, or buy a part of a business. Although so, so most of these, you know, we're a nonprofit and most of the organizations are nonprofits. And, you know, in many cases, we go out and visit the project, we ask a lot of tough questions, and when we're satisfied that these are great projects that are verifiably reducing carbon emissions, we put them up on our platform, uh, we give almost all the information that we know about these projects we put up on the platform, everything from you know, an overview, our assessment of what the benefits and challenges are, we include the due diligence documents that these projects will have produced to get their credits standardized and certified, Um, and then we send quarterly updates on all of these projects. So, you know, once people do support the projects, they know where their money has gone. They know both the stories and the metrics of what's happening at that project. And so, as to our knowledge, there's nobody else doing, doing this work in this way. The carbon markets are known for being completely opaque. There are a lot of bad actors on, on both the side of the projects and also the brokers who sit in between. There's, there's nobody else out there today who says very clearly what their fees are. We, we have a 9.87% fee. We put that on our platform. We break it down. You know, we're happy to talk about exactly why we have that and where it goes. Um, and there's just nobody else doing it that way, which allows a lot of these bad actors to flourish. So what we're trying to do is really shine a light on these good projects, but also to teach people about what makes a good project and you know, why they should be supporting these good projects.
0: For sure. So you also have a very well-rounded background. You have experience in nonprofit management, investment banking, strategy consulting, and international entrepreneurial ventures. How do you think all of these things have come together? And how have you used this well-rounded perspective to support your work at Qualeffect? Effect?
1: Well, I think my background has been really ideal for this kind of work, because what we're really doing is trying to understand what, which projects are really good projects. And so I mentioned, you know, we brought an element into the due diligence on these projects that as far as we know, nobody else is doing. And that's a kind of for-profit due diligence to really understand, you know, what makes a good project, not just from the science, which of course needs to be rock solid, but also from the, the management, the finances, the business or nonprofit that they're running. And I, I spent a lot of years as an investment banker. I've also had my own business So, I feel pretty well placed to be able to understand what's happening at these businesses and to take a view on, you know, on on whether they're being run correctly or not. Um, I've also spent a lot of my time outside of the United States working in various countries. And so, that's the other element is that a lot of these, you know, a lot of the best projects are not located in developed countries. Um, And, you know, when when you talk about projects being run in the developing world, there is a whole host of other things that can happen at a project that you just have to watch out for and and be aware of.
0: So how do you stay on top of all of these things? Because it sounds like what Cool Effect does is super comprehensive. Um, It's very on the ground as well. So how do you personally keep track of all of these various factors?
1: Well, I think that's, that's a big part of our job is to do this work so other people don't have to do it. So you know, and every, you know, we, we ask for, you know, we're regularly in touch with the projects. We, they have to submit, uh, annual reports to the standards, but we also get them ourselves and we get quarterly updates from them and we're, you know, in touch with them. We go visit them. Um, you know, we ask certain questions where, you know, so it's just a question of really working
0: side by side with them and understanding their business. Mm-hmm. So really transparency and communication. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'll be honest that there are, you know, problems happen, right. And we try to be as honest about that as possible with anybody who supports one of the cool effect projects. You'll, you know, you'll see some of our updates talk about, you know, some unintended problems that arose and how they were dealt with even on our, even just on the project page at cool effect. There's, um, you know, discussion of what some of the challenges are Not you know, this is not, it's not particularly easy work. Um, the key thing that's interesting about carbon credit work though, because, you know no no projects no development projects and particularly in the developing world is is easy and there's all sorts of challenges the key thing that i find interesting about carbon credit projects though is that these problems will arise but the carbon credit model does not account for credits from if there's been a problem so basically you know if a project produces a certain number of credits which represents a certain number of tons of greenhouse gases that have been reduced that only applies to where it's functioning correctly. So imagine there's a a village in a cook stove project and all of a sudden, you know, we discover that something has happened in that village. Uh, There's been a drought and people have left the village. And so no one's using their cook stoves anymore. You know, that, that, that can happen and it does happen. Um, That would be a case where no carbon credits are going to be issued for that village. Mm -hmm. And so that means that if you come and support that cook stove project on cool effect, you're only supporting the cookstoves that were in use, that have been verified to have been in use. So you're not, you know, you as the supporter are not, um, you know, liable or or really, you know, at risk of these failures in the
0: project, which, you know, which happen in all projects like this. For sure. So what are some different types of carbon offsetting projects we have today? Um, There's a whole range
1: of methodologies, a whole range of different types of projects. At Cool Effects, we uh, have cook stove projects, like I was just mentioning. So that's a project. Those, those projects vary slightly, but basically what it is, is a uh, poor family who is cooking over an open fire, uh, is given or, or purchases or, or participates in the building of a efficient cook stove at their home. And so that obviously, you know, immediately cuts the wood use in half. For uh, that person, that family is cooking. So there's an obvious environmental benefit. There's also a whole host of other benefits. It gets the smoke out of the home. So respiratory illness and all sorts of you know, eye irritation, other health problems go, incidences of that go way down. Um, it can provide uh, extra income for the family. It certainly provides extra time for the, the person who's cooking, which is often the woman, the mother. Um, so there's a, you know, a number of benefits that they're cutting down wood in a forest. It obviously saves the wood that would have been cut down in the forest. Um, so that's, that's one type is cook stoves, efficient cook stoves. Another type is biogas digesters. So that's, uh, it's like a big cistern that's built underground and basically waste, uh, human and animal waste can be put in it. As that waste decomposes, uh, methane comes out and that can be turned into natural gas. So it's a, a, a clean cooking source for a family. Um, or a group of families, and again, that's a you know obviously a clean energy project reduces greenhouse gases, and it also helps uh, save money and time for the people cooking. It reduces um, illnesses from from having the waste around, et cetera, et cetera. Um, forests are another type of project, so there's um, afforestation and reforestation. There's um, basically preserving the forest that we've got is very important to see forest sequester carbon and also planting trees. The, the only caution about forests is people often get confused about some of these forestry projects because it's not just enough to plant a few trees. Uh, the trees have to be you, know, you have to plant quite a number of them. You have to have a very sophisticated monitoring system and replacement system in place to make sure that those are there up for you know 100 years.
0: Yeah, so there are a ton of different projects that you guys vet and support through Cool Effect. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah and correct.
0: are there particular ones that you feel like has the most promise for the upcoming decades that maybe isn't tapped into as much but really has a lot of potential?
1: Um, you know, I'd say I'd say all projects are really good projects. And I think um I'd be hesitant to say you know one is one is better than the other. The ones that we've put on the platform, we think are all good projects. Um, there's certainly a question around which projects can can be expanded more rapidly, um, and and that I'm not sure that I mean to a certain extent that comes down to which type of project it is, but it also comes down to where it is and a number of other factors. So you know I would say there's uh, there's really a whole bunch of interesting projects, and the the interesting about these the thing about these projects is we're basically using simple technology to fight climate change now and in a very verifiable and countable way. So, you know, you know, for each one of these projects, how many tons of CO2 have been kept out of the atmosphere. And that's, you know, that, that's hard to get in other uh, other ways of fighting climate change, right? You rarely know if you're donating to a, an environmental nonprofit, where that money is going and, and what the real impact was. So when you donate to Cool Effect, you know
0: exactly how many tons of carbon you personally have reduced for sure so all the different projects you just described they sound like really amazing ways to help us um, reduce carbon emissions or at least offset our emissions but i feel like carbon offsetting sometimes gets a bad reputation from being just a band-aid solution or like an afterthought or just justification to continually emit what do you think are the roots of this negative way of looking at carbon offsetting
1: I think the roots are twofold. One, as I mentioned before, there have been some bad actors in this space who have seen this as an opportunity to make money. Some of the brokers and some of the projects that turned out to be a little more than frauds. Um, so that gave carbon offsetting a bad name. And then the other, um, I think there's also been a little bit, but not too much misuse of carbon offsets in the sense that. Um, you know, people in Hollywood, for example, have held big fancy events and flown in on private jets and then just offset it all with the idea that, okay, we can continue to live this unsustainable lifestyle and we'll just offset it. But, and, and, but those are, I mean, so those are real feelings that people have in the market today that offsetting is a little bit of a band-aid solution. But I'll tell you that one, I think it's changing. And two, there is really, I mean, there's no other way to get to zero. So if you want to lead a zero carbon, lifestyle, you you currently can't with the technologies that are out there. And and mean the closer you try to get, the more expensive it gets. You know, it's one thing to eat less meat that actually saves you money. It's another thing to, you know, put solar on your roof, which can be an enormous outlay and it's not available to absolutely everybody for financial reasons. Um so carbon offsetting is is the only way we currently have to get to zero for, for anybody. And, you know, the other thing I would say is I haven't really, I mean, we at Cool Effect are very targeted on people who are already doing what they can to fight climate change. Whether we work with businesses or nonprofits or individuals, we're not trying to get people who, you know, don't care about climate change but just want to you know throw some money into offsets that's not our market at all we want people who already care and and we know that our user base and our partners do already care and they're already doing really what they almost everything that they possibly can while still you know running their business or still living their life you know i for example still need to drive to work and i need to do other things so you know i'm i can't I, i can't reduce absolutely everything and so we haven't actually seen A whole lot of people, I think anybody who's going to take the time to actually uh, offset and think about it and pay the money to do it is somebody who already cares about the environment and is doing what he or she can. We haven't seen people really come to us and say, oh, yeah, you know, look, we don't care. We want to still hold this fantastic event and we're just going to offset it with you.
0: And if we did, we would work with them. Mm -hmm. And do you think the word offsetting itself kind of limits the extent to which these projects can be really helpful and ho- holistically benefit communities beyond just carbon.
1: Yes, and we don't like the word offset for that very reason. You know, we want to we want people to think about cool effect projects as great projects, well run with a whole host of other benefits that people can really use to fight climate change at the level that they you know that they think is right, regardless of what their you know overall footprint is, et cetera.
0: Yeah, because offsetting feels like you're just trying to get to zero when in fact you can actually go past that and just do good in general.
1: Yeah. And the thing that people don't often realize, I mean, so the average American's footprint is about just under 17 tons a year. Um, You know, a cool effect, a ton sells for somewhere between about $5 and about $13, depending on the project. So it's really, you know, it's, it's not, we're not talking about a huge amount of money to, you know, to really make an impact to either offset yourself or to go beyond that.
0: Mm -hmm. So how much would an average American need to offset their average, like, footprint per year?
1: Um, Yeah, I'd say probably about $160 or so Mm
0: -hmm. per year. So when we donate to Cool Effect, you guys handle, you know, which projects they go to, or do we pick the specific projects that we want to support?
1: Well, it's funny that you ask that. So we launched, we're very excited about these projects and we really believe in them. So we launched with an
0: ability to, you know,
1: to pick project by, go project by project. And as I mentioned, read through, you know, all the documentation if you want, watch a little video about the project, look at the photos, see our analysis, anything you could possibly want and go, you know, really say, oh, you know, what's meaningful to me is uh, helping mothers in India or what's meaningful to me is, helping a Native American community in Colorado, et cetera. And, you know, when a lot of our users do donate that way. But what we also got was a lot of requests for people, look, you know, love what you're doing, don't have time to look through all these projects, can I please just give you 10 bucks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we started a page where you can just donate directly to Cool Effect. But what's important about that is that we still just take our 9.7% fee and we divide the rest equally among the projects on the platform. So it's effectively the same thing.
0: For sure. Well, so cool effect, you're doing all the hard work for us. As consumers, when we just do a Google search for carbon offset projects that we want to support, how can we pick apart ones that uh, are doing the due diligence and doing the work and trying to be as efficient as possible with the donation dollars with ones that, like you said, kind of didn't do things as well?
1: Well, you know, I'd love to say it was something that, that was easy to do, but it's really not. And we've, you know, we've discovered that even more. I mean, we knew it already going in, but it's been, you know become even more and more clear as we work at Cool Effect. And that's why Cool Effect was created, was to really do the the research and the work. And it takes us months for every project to understand which projects are, you know, are doing the work that they say they're doing and doing the right type of work. And it's everything from, I mean, it can literally be a scientific calculation that they're using to calculate the tons of CO2 reduced, that they're using a, you know, a number that's slightly inflated and that throws everything off. And so you've got to look at that and you've got to look at who's running the project and you've got to look at where it is and, you know, what the practices are in the local community where they're actually running the project. You know, is this something people were doing anyway? Um, so it really, it's not, I mean, I would, lo- I would love for there to be a really easy way to kind of know, but that's thats why Cool Effect was set up. We were set up to, you know, for our scientists to do the work and to say, look, you know, if you're willing to trust Cool Effect, here are the projects that, you know, we've done the work on. Here's everything we know about them. So, you know, please use the data that we're putting on the Cool Effect site for you to make your own opinion, form your own opinion of whether you think, you know, this project is doing good or not. But um, but that's that's why we were set up because it's really not something that the average American who has ten minutes to Google this can can really figure out for him or herself.
0: Mm-hmm. You really need a big team of people who really understand all of these projects behind the scene. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so that's you know that's why Cool Effect was started to to really you know do that work and to provide these projects and and that's why it's so important that we're a nonprofit and we're clear about our fees and our fee is relatively small. The, you know, the fee 9.7% includes credit card fees, which are like 3 to 4%. So we're not really, you know, we're not trying to sort of make money on this. We're really focused on getting great projects, getting them visibility among people like you who want to do more.
0: For sure. Well, so recently, a lot of attention has been given to plastic. And I feel like part of the reason for that is because plastic is so visual and there's no denying something that's so literal and in our faces, like when we see pictures of plastic floating in the ocean, like that's disgusting. But with emissions, it's much more difficult to convey this sense of urgency. Um, And like you said, it's a long term issue. So that also adds to how challenging it is. What do you think it'll take for the world to give it proper and ideally more urgent attention to the point where meaningful action can be taken?
1: Yeah, I think that's a a really good question. And I'd say that a lot of the world is already very serious about combating climate change. We're in a weird bubble that I wish we weren't in in the United States where, you know, a good half of our politicians deny that climate change is really even (laughs) happening or that it's human caused. That's not the case in the rest of the world. And it's actually not the case among individual Americans, Republicans or Democrats. Most people understand that climate change is happening and that, that it's human caused. So it's... You know, we're, we're a little bit behind, but I think what it's going to take, unfortunately, is, you know, when more of these storms and more of these natural disasters hit the United States. I mean, climate change, have they've proven that climate change played a role in all the recent disasters that we've been seeing happen in Texas and California and elsewhere. So you know, I, I think that's what it's going to take. And it's really, really unfortunate because, yeah, I, you know, the last thing I want is for Americans to have to suffer. But, um, you know, maybe coming out of the some, you know, some more of these horrible events, people will begin to really understand that it's a problem that's happening. And it's not just, you know, it's not just going to hurt some people on some faraway island somewhere, but it's actually going to hurt Americans.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people who... Obviously, do believe in climate change and know it's a real thing. Um, it's easy to feel pessimistic about the situation because it's so large scale. It's more difficult to comprehend. How do you deal with this like chronic issue yourself?
1: Well, that's um, you know, I'd say that's one of the reasons why uh, I think Cool Effect is so great and why I you know choose to to work here. Um, we you know, what we can do through these projects on our site is, you know, take immediate verifiable action, and you can see the results of that action. Now, carbon credits are not alone going to solve the climate crisis. But as an individual, a lot of the things that really need to happen in our society are beyond our grasp. So, you know, I, I can't sort of hasten the spread of electric vehicles. And, you know, I can't, influence the Trump administration on some of their terrible policies. But what I can do is I can go to cool effect and I can reduce 10, 15, a hundred tons of
0: carbon pollution today. Mm-hmm. So it's really just about doing what we can and then at the at very end support these projects that are making meaningful changes.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing, of course, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, it's, it, that's how we see this. I mean, you have to do everything you can in your own life first before you try to, you know, offset or, you know, or you can do them in parallel. But, but yeah, it's not just, it's not just coming to cool effect. It's, you know, eating less meat, it's traveling less, it's, you know, if you can afford solar or an electric vehicle, it's, it's doing that. It's talking to your friends about climate change and, and sustainable living. And, you know, some of us, I live in California, so I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of people who, you know, understand this problem and agree with me. But, um, you know, I have family members in other parts of the country who are less focused on climate change, to Mm -hmm. say the least. So trying to make sure that people understand this from a trusted source. uh, You know,
0: there's a a lot of things that we can do. And taking a step back, looking at sustainability as a whole, what do you think we need most to accelerate towards a healthier and cleaner planet?
1: Um, I think we really need uh, electric vehicles to become widespread I think we need renewable energy to be integrated into the grids in every state in the country. I think we need a common understanding about the way we've been living and how that is just not possible, going to be possible in the future and and kind of a a common dialogue about, you know, what do we need to do as society and as a human race to to basically save ourselves? (laughs) Um, I would love, I'd love for people to understand that, you know, the, the consummate American diet of, you know, a huge steak is just not, you know, it's not sustainable and can't go forward. Um, and I think, you know, there's a whole lot of other benefits. You know, I think a lot of these things too is the good thing about a lot of these solutions is that it's not just, a, it's not always just a climate benefit. You know, solar can be less expensive a form of energy. Um, eating less meat is, is quite frankly better for you health wise. So, you know, electric vehicles are cheaper because you don't have to pay for gasoline. I'm hoping that those those other benefits will also help convince people that this is, you know, this is the way to go.
0: Yeah. So even for people who might be a little intimidated by the words climate change, um, there are other ways to support them towards a cleaner way of living or a healthier way of living.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, the the you know Republicans are conservative, right? And what does conservative mean? It, it's about conservation, and conservation <laughs> links pretty closely to you know helping us fight climate change. You know, if we want to conserve our land <laughs> and we want to you know keep things as they are, you know, I, so I, I'm not I'm not so pessimistic about you know the other kind of the red states and and Republicans joining in about this. I think it just needs to be approached in the right type of language.
0: Mm-hmm. And what would you recommend for the individual to do to help spread this message in a more welcoming way?
1: I think it's um, you know it's important to meet people where they are, and in a lot of parts of the country, if you talk about climate change, it's like saying to someone in California that you love your gun and you think guns are a fantastic thing <laughs> you have one so I mean just keep that in mind right you know that's that, that it sets off a red flag for people that's just needless because it's not, you know, it is about climate change, but it's also about, you know, making sure that our, our land is protected, making sure that our wildlife is protected. You know, the National Audubon Society, for example, has come out in favor, very strong favor of a whole bunch of climate change um, um, solutions because they want to save birds. And so, you know, you don't even have to talk about climate change. And a lot of their members are actually Republicans in red states. But they get it, you know, because birds are really having a hard time and they've seen birds dying and fewer birds and problems with bird habitats. And so, you know, that's a great way to talk about climate change with or rather talk about climate change without talking about climate change.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it could be really helpful to first listen and learn what other people value and then kind of approach it in that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's next for a cool effect that we can look forward to and support? Well, so Cool Effect is going to be adding
1: a few new projects. We have a grasslands project
0: in Colorado that's coming up over the summer,
1: and then uh, with luck, we'll have a blue carbon project, which is you know affiliated with the oceans, that'll be coming up later in the year. Um, we will also we're also thinking about some other ways too to kind of help Americans. Still, uh, you know, fight for climate change and support some of our goals that we agreed to at at the Paris Accord. But that's we haven't decided exactly how we'll do that yet. But um, but yeah, but look for the the new projects, and we also have a number of um, Christmas gifts that'll be new this year. We do a lot of gifting, so instead of you know sending somebody across the country and a sort of expensive in climate terms, um, you know gift that they don't necessarily want, <laughs> then a, a carbon, you know, a couple of tons from a carbon project or something similar. So um, that's another thing that we'll do.
0: Awesome. And where can we find all of this information online and follow you on social media? So it's
1: uh, cooleffect.org online. And then, um, yeah, we're on Facebook and Twitter. I think it's also a cooleffect.
0: So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We can look that up. Yeah, let me... <laughs> So if you follow me on Instagram, you likely already know that I'm in the process of making 2019 eco planners for you. It is my first time doing this, so I'm learning as I go. Uh, So far, I know that I'll be including all of our major environmental awareness days in the calendars, in addition to the normal holidays. Hopefully, this can help us stay on top of our game in terms of starting conversations and participating in these awareness days next year. So I'm really excited about that. I'm also still brainstorming ideas and finalizing the cover designs, so if there's anything else you'd like to see in your ideal planner, make sure to let me know through a direct message on Instagram, at kamea Shane, because I really want for this to be a practical and helpful tool for you if you do use physical planners and would be interested. Thank you in advance for your input, I look forward to learning from you, and for now, to our final five, let's power through. What's one inspiring publication or social media account you follow?
1: Um, I, I read Grist, which I think is very good. It, it's good at handling uh, climate change issues and in a kind of a little bit, sometimes of a tongue-in-cheek way, which is a good way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and, and inspired? I
1: harken back to a speech I heard by Bill Nye, who talked about us being the new greatest generation. Um, because we're really faced with the same kind of, you know, horrible choices and horrible threat that the greatest generation were, was also faced with during World War II, and so I, I just believe that we can be the greatest generation. Mm.
0: What's one must do for your health either daily or weekly?
1: Well, I try to,
0: I try to run on a regular basis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what's one simple action we can take for our planet's health this week?
1: Buy some tons on cool effect.
0: Uh, what makes you most hopeful for our planet right now
1: uh, i'd say i'm really excited about the promise of um, renewable energy and how it 's become a lot cheaper compared to fossil fuels in you know many places around the world
0: and what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? I would just say that I think we
1: we cannot lose faith. we all have to pull together, we all have to do this. And it involves, you know, greening our own lifestyles. It hopefully involves buying some tons or offsetting some tons at cooleffect.org. But it also involves, you know, not stopping to advocate for climate change be via, uh, you know, pol- the politicians, our local politicians, our national politicians,
0: or uh, just within our own families and communities. We've got to keep pulling together to take action green dreamer thank you so much for tuning in you can find the two tweetable key takeaways from this interview as well as links and resources at greendreamer.com 65 for episode 65 you can reach me with feedback on how i can improve the show for you through the website's contact page and again you can follow me on instagram at kamea shane and finally just remember now more than ever